0: We have Bhagavat Agaral joining us today, who is the author of Healing Spices, has been on the program so many times. Everyone loves to hear his information because he makes so much sense. And, of course, for those of us here who use um, curcumin or... um, uh, a turmeric, which I've been drinking all morning, I am so grateful for the inspiration that he has been to us. But it's not just curcumin or turmeric that he talks about. There are 49 other everyday spices in his book, Healing Spices. Uh, Dr. Agaral has been such a Um, incredible assistance to so many people who have whatever diseases or whatever symptoms they choose to turn to spices for, and we're just very, very grateful. Uh, Thank you so much, Dr. Agaral, for joining us on the Power Hour today.
1: Thank you, Catherine. It's my pleasure.
0: I appreciate so much you joining us. Now, you earned your doctorate in biochemistry from the University of California, Berkeley. You did a postdoctoral fellowship in endocrinology at the University of California Medical Center, and you were with the MD Anderson until January of this year. And bring us up to date with what you are doing now or what your passion is or what you're working on now, if you don't mind, please.
1: Yeah, sure. No, i love to tell you what I'm up to. I think you missed one link there. Uh, I was at UC Berkeley, I was at University of California, San Francisco, and then I joined a company and I tell two people who came from Harvard, both moved to San Francisco and both started a company on the same day. And one guy who graduated from Harvard started the first biotechnology company in the world, called Genentech. Genentech. And, uh, and this was the first company that was based on drug discovery, on, based on genes. Genes as per drug discovery. And the second guy who did not graduate from Harvard, also moved to San Francisco and joined a company, uh, started a company on the same day called Apple. And you know who I'm talking about.
0: <laughs> right.
1: And the first Apple he made, he brought it to us. So we have been Apple ever since. And within a week after I joined this company called Janantech, Bob Swanson, who was the founder of the company, walked in my office at Bard. And Bard stands uh, in Bay Area, at Bay Area Rapid Transit. And since my name is Bharat, they could not say that, this is Bard. I want you to find a cure to cancer. I said, how do you do that? Oh, very easy. There is something called lymphokine, and if we can clone this, we got a cure. So I said, what is a lymphokine? So in those days, people, the doctors were taking white blood cells from the cancer patients, activating them and putting back into the cancer patients and seeing tumor regression. I said, how are you going to clone this one? So I ended up setting up an assay that will kill the cancer guy and not the normal guy. We ended up identifying a factor called tumor necrosis factor. And it is that factor which uh, brought me to MD Anderson Cancer Center because this was the first cancer center in the world to inject our TNF into the cancer patients. And turn turned out all the patients responded but they got washed. In other words, should it be called tumor necrosis factor or tumor promoting factor? So it is at that time we begin to work on TNA blockers and TNA blocker as of today is a 25 billion dollar a year market that is shared between Amgen and that is shared between Johnson and Johnson and Abbott. Three companies, eight billion, eight billion, eight billion. And we discovered spices as DNA blockers. To make a long story short, we first started with the turmeric, the curcumin, the yellow color in turmeric is called curcumin, and we showed that curcumin is the best DNA blockers and has a potential for a lot of cancers. And then we begin to look at a lot of other spices as DNA blockers. So this is just to give you a now. I, after 28 years of working in MD Anderson Cancer Center, I retired from there, effective December 31st, 2015, and I'm in transition to San Diego, where I want to set up an anti-inflammation research institute. What does that mean? That basically, we are now of the opinion, TNF is a primary mediator of inflammation, and inflammation what causes most of the diseases. And the idea is you take a chip, put in your mouth if it is too if it is red, too much inflammation, if it is green, everything under control. And so you use it the urine or saliva to determine the level of inflammation. And then we have discovered about over sixty different nutraceuticals that can control that inflammation. So then we decide how much of each nutraceutical one should be taking to control that inflammation. And that is why I named it Anti-Inflammation Research Institute. So I'm the founding director of this institute in San Diego. And that's what I meant that if you, and it is a part of my signatures, and ever since I left MD Anderson, I'm using this as a part of the signatures to, to let people know what I'm up to.
0: Well, I appreciate you bringing us up to speed here. Now, how does all of this relate together with the nutraceuticals? And and maybe you could define nutraceutical to uh, the audience, if you would, please.
1: Okay. I will be more than happy to do so. And all of you have heard of the term pharmaceutical. And pharmaceutical have been around only within the last 100 years and anything and everything before that was neutrality. Nutracity basically means the the things that are coming from the nutrition, okay? Remember, it was Hippocrates 25 centuries ago who introduced the term that uh, let food be thy medicine and medicine be thy food. Right. And it is that food that as medicine now, as in today's world, where everybody is in love with pharmaceutical, so the term is introduced as nutraceutical. So these are the chemicals that are derived from the food itself. So, for example, turmeric is a spice, and the active compound in turmeric, which is curcumin, will be called a nutraceutical. Aha. So, in the same way, you know that all the spices have a different active compounds, and mind you. 80% of all medicines known to mankind, they are coming from natural sources. Some of them we take it every day, and some of them we do not. So, so, but they all have the roots in Mother Nature, and Mother Nature is the source of most of the medicine, if not all.
0: Well, then let me ask you the question regarding um, uh, cancer and nutraceuticals and... Uh... All of the research that has been done on cancer—I mean, literally—the Anderson MD Anderson is probably the number one research area uh, uh, in the country on uh, on cancer. At this point in time, how close are they to having an answer for cancer, or a, as I always say, a cure for cancer? is it known and is it just too expensive or is it known and they don't want to implement it because it's not expensive enough to charge people for
1: so in my mind everything that i have learned about cancer they will never have a cure to cancer never and if somebody's saying look i have a cure to cancer he she is simply bluffing. and mind you i'm in the cancer field for the last 45 years Cancer is nothing but a normal guy who has gotten out of control. The question is, how can you go bring him back under control? And if you are going to take a gun and try to shoot that guy, that guy is a ten times more aggressive than you are. So how can you bring him under control? Right. So more guns you use, which is what chemotherapy and radiation and all the modern drugs are available, cancer is going to become more aggressive. And 90% of the people who die of cancer, they die because cancer metastases into the brain or lung or or other vital organs, you know, uh, like lung and bones and so forth. So 90% of the people. So as I said, that cancer, after all, is a normal guy who has gotten out of control. So you have to find the ways to bring him back in control. But if you try to shoot him down, he's going to get more aggressive. So so try to make the disease what is called in medicine as indolent. Indolent means you do me no harm, I do you no harm. You leave me alone, I leave you alone. But if you are out there to kill me, I'm not going to sit back and just sit silently and take anything and everything as it comes. So by so, there is a guy, his name is Bob Weinberg and he's from MIT, he has come up with the opinion, and this is only within last 12 months, that virtually every human being has a cancer. Nobody is cancer-free, but less than 1% of the people have symptoms of the cancer. And all you are trying to do is treat the symptoms. But if you can make the disease indolent, you took care of it. And they found that a prostate cancer, for example, almost hundred percent men have it, but they do not die of it. Okay, so it is not it is doing no harm. But there are some very small percentage who do. So, so if you can find the ways to make it indolent, that is the way to go.
0: Hmm. All right. I'm sure you have had people in your family come to you and say you know, uh, that are your sister, brother, mother, whatever, that come to you and say, okay, I've got ca- cancer, I've got stage one, or I've got stage four cancer, now what do I do? How do, how do you handle this versus maybe patients and or research um, when it comes to supporting these people and telling them what to do? What do you recommend or how do you handle a situation like that?
1: That's a very good question but I must also tell you before I answer your question is you heard of early diagnosis that early diagnosis saves lives right but also how does it save lives that early diagnosis lead to over diagnosis that if you diagnose late only 40 people will be identified with cancer if you diagnose early that 4,000 people will be diagnosed with cancer, and meaning the number of deaths have not changed at all, but the number of patients that you are treating now has changed very dramatically. So you are saying that I I saved 90 percent of the lives as compared to those who are diagnosed late, but, and and the reason you saved lives because it is over diagnosed so 90% of the people you thought had cancer did not even have a cancer to begin with. Am wow. I clear enough? Am I clear yes. enough?
0: Yes. So, yes.
1: So they found that with the breast cancer. They found that with the thyroid cancer. They found that with the lung cancer. So, so more early diagnosis, more over-diagnosis. And there are publications after publications after publications. So there was a time that people will go to a doctor to find out, uh, you know, to to that they wanted to be treated because they are sick. Now people go to a doctor to find out if I am sick, and doctor wants to make his living. So therefore, he rather declare you that you are sick than you are healthy. Am I clear or not?
0: Yes, I understand. I understand.
1: So, So. so that is causing a very 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 serious issue, and the serious issue is overdiagnosis. And there are publication after publication after publication, and uh, and uh, I will be more than happy to supply you that uh, how that uh, it could make the patient's life worse than than uh, that because a lot of the treatment, you know. That people are dying of the treatment, not of the cancer itself, but nasty treatment that mm-hmm. are followed thereafter.
0: Okay, but still, how, they, do, so, how do how do so, you so respond?
1: For your question, previous question, just to I did not finish that the question that you asked. That okay, so what do I recommend to people? So I have come up with the dose with curcumin. You know, curcumin, as I mentioned, is a yellow color. In turmeric, and I have a numerous examples to quote that where the patient went to a doctor and doctor say, you have a cancer and it immediately required treatment, and and usually it takes about twenty to thirty years for cancer to develop. So, which means you somebody had a cancer yesterday but did not know it, and today uh, you know the doctor has said yes you you know you have a cancer so you do know it. So it did not just happen overnight, number one. Number mm-hmm. two, that I asked them to buy 90 days, nine zero, three months from the doctor. And we have come up with this number uh, from our experience with the patients. So in those three days, they curcumin eight grams a day, four times, two grams each time. Okay. And And after 90 days, go back to the same doctor and find out where you stand. And I have a patient who have come back to me and said, doctor said, I don't have a cancer anymore and just keep on doing whatever you are doing, but they don't want it. You don't have a cancer. So apparently, this one case in particular where the woman did it for almost five years. And then she calls me every six months. She goes to the same doctor. Doctor said you don't have a cancer. And uh, and uh, and uh, six five years later she calls me and said, Doctor, Agarwal, should I stop taking curcumin? Because after every time six months I go, doctor say you don't have cancer. And I said, Look, that's a good question. I don't know the good answer, but why not you come down on the dose and have your doctor monitor you? She came down on, on the dose from 8 gram to 4 grams, and the cancer came back. Cancer wow. came back. And then now it has been a three years since you went back to the 8 gram, And that goes on to show you. So eight years is already over. And there are examples after examples after examples. I will not say that every patient. But there are a lot of examples of this type. We have also cases where they got treated and they they given chemotherapy, they're given radiation, everything and then left them to die. And the doctors are dead but patient is still alive and what patient did to stay alive is what this is all about.
0: Final segment with Doctor Agaral. I hope we can have him back again. As he makes his transition in his studies and what he is doing, um, I was looking at an integrative medicine website where you have done a, uh, a wonderful um, seminar or webinar and you 're going to be appearing at a convention I know this November I was able to see that um, um, a medical convention on integrative medicine in uh, November you know and I also want to bring up the issue of the pepper because a lot of people are confused over whether or not They need to use pepper with the curcumin. And I'd like your response to that, if you don't mind, uh, that we had during the break, Dr. Agaral.
1: So, you know, uh, yes, uh, you know, I'm very happy to answer that question. Uh, Pepper has been very well described in the literature. And it is used in Ayurveda quite extensively. And the way the black pepper works is the pathway through which a lot of drugs are metabolized are inhibited by black pepper. Therefore, the drug stays around in the body longer, and that's why people recommend you using pepper, uh, be that curcumin or any other
0: medicine. Oh, I see. So you don't have to have it, but do you recommend it, or do you encourage it uh, in the formulation?
1: I leave it up to the people, to themselves, you know, that some like black pepper, others do not like black pepper. And uh, my personal bias is it makes no significant difference. That's my okay. personal bias. Okay. But okay, I do good. understand the mechanism. I do understand what what it is doing, how it is doing, and all of that.
0: Okay, very good, very good. Now, second to curcumin or turmeric, second to turmeric, what would you recommend as the strongest, second strongest spice that people could use? And I want to encourage everybody, we're almost out of time. We've only got a couple of minutes of the show left, but I want to encourage people to get healing spices from the Power Mall. It's got all the information in there. But what would you say is the second strongest spice that people might want to use?
1: Uh, Consider a Consider ginger. In a, in a ginger, there is a compound called gingerol, and that also has activities that is similar to curcumin. Uh, and apparently, it turned out that uh, turmeric, uh, yellow ginger, is also belong to the same ginger family. So, so one can combine, uh, you know, curcumin with uh, ginger and ginger is also used to prevent uh, chemotherapy-induced nausea, you know, Mm -hmm. and uh, so so point of the matter is that one can take advantage of all of that, and ginger also exhibits similar anti-inflammatory and anti-cancer properties. Then I mentioned cloves, and cloves is used for thousands of years as a painkiller. And some of these patients, uh, you know, they also have, a, you know, chemotherapy, cancer, all kind of kind of pains. And the clothes can take care of them, you
0: know. That's excellent. That is yeah. excellent. And now what about um, on... Well, we're out of time. We are out of time. We'd definitely like to have you back again. And thank you so very much for the incredible work you've done in healing spices. Ladies and gentlemen, it's all there. How to use 50 everyday and exotic spices to boost your health and beat disease. And it is in hardback, too. Dr. Agarwal, we wish you the best and look forward to having you back on the show again sometime very soon. Thank you.